Hello, I came to talk. I've been thinking lately about you and me, about what's going to happen to us in the end. We're going to fall out, aren't we? Perhaps you give up on Geek Bites. Perhaps I give up on Geek Bites. Perhaps sooner, perhaps later. I just wanted to know that I've made a genuine attempt to talk things over and avert that outcome. Just once. So who does it turn out I actually am then? Have I, have I just jumped out the window and left someone in a uh, in a Richard mask sitting there? Maybe it's Sook. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, we've got Sook in to replace you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought that was apt. I thought that was worth doing. Good one. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't worry. I think we. I'm certainly not. Um, I don't think we'll end up killing each other unless maybe we get in a car crash together or something. Get <laughs> Going to be driving soon. You know, it's oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we've got to, both got to have the same instructor, which would be quite funny. Um, but yeah, but yeah, that's why I changed it to Fallout. I don't think we might. I don't think we'd kill each other. We'll not Fallout as the podcast doesn't. I mean, I was going to say doesn't do as well as we'd hope, but to be fair, it doesn't do anything at the moment. It's just it's we just, had we had zero hope. It's just it's just something fun to show the grandchildren. Yeah. <laughs> One oh, day, if MP three is even a thing by then of course there's the whole thing about how whether the whole cultural record of uh western civilization is going to be completely lost because now that everything's digital what happens when um the file formats are no longer readable uh, so yeah yeah but that's that's dark yeah quite fitting given we're talking about uh, the killing joke one of the darkest one of the darker uh stories in the the batman pantheon i think uh written by alan moore of course uh, so, yeah, slight change from our usual format. I mean, usually we uh, go for uh, films and stuff, but, yeah, I think we just thought we'd switch it up a bit, talk about a classic a classic graphic novel. Um, is it a graphic novel or is it a comic? I mean, I suppose originally, was it originally released kind of like month by month in comic for, comic format? I don't know, or was it just straight away? I think it was a graphic novel. It, it was like their sort of uh, like early black label type thing. It was kind of like an yeah. exclusive story written by Alan Moore that was allegedly out of um, continuity when it was originally written, but everyone liked it so much they sort of wove it in. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was kind of like this, ooh. Um, and it's weird, they call it a graphic novel, but the actual story is only about 48 pages, isn't it? Which is kind of yeah, interesting. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, let's just talk, this was one of my talking points for later, but let's just uh, hit it now, because you, you obviously know about it. So how does this link in with uh, DC continuity? Obviously, I, I knew that Barbara Gordon did get paralysed by Joker and became Oracle. Um, but did that ever actually happen in the mainstream comics, or if they literally just kind of said, oh, it happened in Killing Joke and Killing Joke is canon? No, they, I think they uh, basically once Killing Joke come out, I mean, this is my vague understanding, but once Killing Joke come out, the response was good or whatever, so they just kind of just wove it back into canon. And then, you know, DC, they just reboot everything. Um, yeah. So I think in, like, either New 52 or the next one, they basically said she was paralysed, but then she got better. <laughs> she got better, brilliant. She got better, yeah. So you've got her running around again, sort of learning how to fight again and stuff like that, but... Um, yeah. So it's kind of like it was this dark thing that did happen, but then she's moved on. Um, Which yeah. game was it had her? I think it was, was it one of the um, Arkham Knight games or was it the uh, Telltale games that did actually have her as Oracle? I'm trying to think. Ar Arkham City, she was dialing in as Oracle because I'm not playing through that at the moment, which is another oh. reason I recommended this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, okay, cool. So they wove it into Arkham City, um, yeah. which is interesting. Um, so I suppose that means then that Arkham City is based on the continuity pre-New 52 or whatever, pre-her getting better. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I suppose it, maybe they wove it in so she was Oracle for a bit, then she got better. So, you know, they, yeah. both of those it can, Barbaras exist, but it's all very confusing. But at least always got, get better from a complete lower body paralysis. And always death. Well, Felicity and got Yeah, I mean, Felicity got better in Arrow with that wonder thing that... Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, that was the thing ever. Um, yeah, I suppose if you'd actually watch Arrow, um, I think... The Arrowverse is kind of teetering on the brink at the moment. I think I'm not particularly yeah, I, I, I might. I'll probably give Flash a quick go. I'll give Flash a chance. That's the only show I'm still watching. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it could be. Um, it could be on its way out soon. Yeah. You know, it's it's had its time. It was really good. Obviously, Walking Dead's on its way out as well. While we're talking about shows being cancelled, they've announced oh, the yeah. next season the last um but you know they are fast approaching the point where the comics finished as well uh, the, problem, so, yeah. the problem with that is they're like it's gonna be the last but then there's gonna be another series with uh oh don't. well Darryl. don't spoil it for anyone who doesn't know um oh, but yeah okay. they basically implied uh, they've heavily implied that certain characters are going to survive the final season which is poor form i would say poor form as captain yeah. hook would say um, but yeah, and also they're going to do a bunch of separate anthology type shows, which is kind of follows different stories of different people in different time periods in the Walking Dead verse or whatever. So, sorry. okay, yeah, see, see that, that's cool. Yeah, that sounds interesting. And then they've got, I mean, this isn't a Walking Dead podcast, but still, they've got that World Beyond, isn't it? Which is the new show coming out, which is kind of like the generation after the ones that fell or whatever, and they're going out yeah. for the first time. I don't know. I mean, I'm I might on that one. I think they've said they've basically said that's going to be quite a limited series. They're only going to do two seasons, but I guess I guess you know maybe if it's success, it's a success, they can always go back on that. Yeah, might yeah, we'll yeah. Um, but yeah. So I mean, I, I, we could probably refer to Wikipedia later to kind of find out more about the uh, where this fits into continuity or doesn't, or which continuity is real. I mean, at least the continuity of the Killing Joke animated film wasn't included here because in that there's a whole love story between Batman and uh, Batgirl which is a bit odd um, so it kind of gives it a whole deeper meaning in the fact that uh, you know, she gets crippled because basically him and her are making out on rooftops at the beginning of the film basically. yeah uh, I think Catwoman's the only man for the only woman even for Batman um, so yeah. yeah I think uh, yeah Batgirl yeah that is a bit creepy yeah. yeah. Oh, hi Jim. How's Barbara? Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so do you have a one-sentence review for this bad boy? Uh, yeah, I do. It's um basically uh, one of Batman and Joker's most fi- most fine. Sorry, one of Batman and Joker's most finest stories. Uh, dark and also quite thought-provoking throughout. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of a standout thing, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, it's, it's basically it's seminal work, all that jazz. Um, my one's what the Joker movie should have been. <laughs> Short but sweet. Um, and I can, I can unpack that. I don't know. Actually, I'll get to that in the Joker origin bit. Um, but you, you probably know what I'm going to say there anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this is... Even though it was kind of 40 odd, just 40 pages, it kind of just does a good job in telling a really distinct story. I like the fact that it's, you know, the relationship between these two guys and Batman, like the, the intro, Batman goes to him in the Arkham and he's like, you know, let's talk this out, let's work this out like human beings before we kill each other. 
you know, we've got this destructive relationship. And he goes to Alfred and he's just like, you know, how can I hate this man so much and I don't even know anything about him? Uh, and then Joker, on the other hand, is basically like, you know, oh, you know, we're, we're not that far along, we're not that dissimilar because of the fact that, you know, something bad happened to you and now you run around like a rodent and I do this. So it's kind of, it's just exploring their relationship and it's kind of a, you know, they're, they're both broken people but choose to deal with it differently. Um, and I think yeah, it works think, really well. I think I'd forgotten. I've not read this for some time, and when I reread it, I'd forgotten how many kind of like iconic. It's not so much iconic scenes, but iconic lines are in there. Um, I, like I think this is, you know, he says, you know, all that separates. It just takes one bad day to turn a man insane. Um, yeah. You know, he's got his line about how he prefers his origins to be multiple choice. You know, that's yeah. that's the classic one for the Joker, isn't it? Um, yeah, uh, it's, there's so much there that's just passed completely into um, Batman and Joker uh, continuity. Yeah, it, it almost it, this is almost the seminal work that defines the Joker. Certainly, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah, I think that's the thing. People like this is this the sort of Joker origin story, but in a way, it is because before this, probably the Joker is a bit vague and a bit sort of you know every writer interpreted him differently. Whereas this one basically helped shape what he's going to look like ever since this book, this not graphic novel come out, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's worth mentioning about the art, and I don't know if this is about the art, you know, I think when comic books, the writer kind of says what he wants each box as such to say, doesn't he? And then yeah. the, the colourist or the artist even colours it in, you know, I'm sure that's how it worked for you with um with your comic. And um, I think what's cool about Alan Moore, I really, it's kind of like his trademark, isn't it? Every, every now and then he'll like, the last box on one page, and then you flip the page over and it's related to the first box on the next page. They kind of oh, like yeah. link it to each other. And that's, it seems that he did it a lot in Watchmen. It seems to be kind of like one of his trademarks. And I've, I always really appreciate that. I like, I like the way it kind of feeds into feeds into it. Um, or like the dialogue will run into each other and stuff, even though they're completely different scenes. Uh, so I'm it's kind of like... Get, every every transition of scene is like they kind of fade into each other as such. So yeah, I really like that. Yeah, I, I, was, I was just looking for it now and on the tablet. It, yeah, I get exactly what you mean. Like there's different bits and it sort of this one leads into that one. It all, you know, the, the characters in the same position but doing different things. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really cleverly thought out. And I think we're both reading the sort of super special edition version that came out recently. Um, so it's kind of it. The Brian Boland did the colouring on it. Or someone else did the colouring on it. I think Brian Boland did the colouring on his own artwork this time. Because they said the original one, the colouring was shocking. Um, yeah. So this isn't how it looked originally, but it looks much better. Um, but yeah, it's... I don't know, like... Where was I going with this? I don't know about you, but when I was reading it, I, I just imagined Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill's voices in my head. Um, it's kind of that's just whenever I anything Batman I read it and it's just those two going on having their little conversations or maybe yeah. that's my head yeah I'd say Kevin Conroy is definitely the iconic um, Batman I, I kind of struggle to think about a uh, Joker voice actually I know what you mean I, I don't always go to Mark Hamill I find him a bit too in my head I don't I find him a bit too manic I'm not sure who my iconic Joker is though um, oh, wow. I mean, you know, I've said recently that Joker in Gotham is possibly one of my favourite interpretations of the character. You know, oh, whether really? he is Gotham as well, whether he is actually Joker or not. I mean, I think if um, I think he, 
well, we won't do spoilers for Gotham, but yeah, there's question marks about that, whether he just inspired Joker or whatever. Um, but, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, yeah, yeah, because it was Jer- Jeremiah and some other bloke, and it, and it was sort of two of them, and it was all a bit strange. And I don't know if, I think he was, because he did fall into the bat and that bleached his skin and coffin. So I think they probably did go along the whole thing. Um, and he was, but then he died, didn't he? Well, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. So we don't want to spoil it. But <laughs> no, I just think the language in this is really good as well. Like there's a lot of stuff in here that's really like prosient now, like sort of saying how the world's terrible and, you know, life's a sham and like, people are just puppets and stuff like that that's what the joke is on about that's what he's trying to say to jim when he kidnaps him he's basically like yeah the world's a mess you know the only escape route is basically to go mad um and it's just you know when you look at it that way he does have a point you know with with all this craziness going on in the world at the moment and just in general um you know and this was written in the 80s but it's still quite relevant now especially with like the rise of trump and far right and god knows what um i don't know why i put them two together um but yeah, it's kind of like, you know, da, 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 just go loony or acid casualty or me or preacher. When the human race wears an anxious face, when the bomb hangs overhead, when your king turns blue, it won't worry you, you can smile and nod instead. It's got this little like, singing dance thing in the middle that works really yeah. well. I, I, actually, I actually did make up my own tune for that a little as I, well, I'm not saying I'd went over it over but I could kind of, kind of like improvise the tune as I was reading it and actually at that point I did actually go into Mark Hamill's voice um yeah I think like when I said about this this, this is what the movie the Joker should have been it's like this would have been perfect for a sort of you know a film adaptation okay it would have been quite simple in a way you might have needed a subplot maybe not the background love interest thing you know the fact you've got two parallel storylines the one in the past and the one in the future or the present or whatever you know they could have milked that a bit you know there could have been other stuff going on you could have had bullock doing some detective work or something but it just you know it would have just worked quite well but because there's such so many iconic bits in here um i mean for me the joker film um you know let's talk about the joker film now why not yeah the joker film with um joaquin phoenix was it was not really for me it wasn't really a batman film it was almost like someone who had actually read the batman comics and was inspired in that way i didn't really see it as a joker origin story in in that it was the joker who we know and love from the batman comics so i think almost i'd get what you're saying about how it could have been if if we were to see a comic based joker film um with that's how we do it and yeah I, I agree i agree with that but i feel like the, the scorsese film wasn't even a it wasn't a joker it wasn't a Batman film. It wasn't a Batman and the Joker film at all. It was something different and kind of almost just with slight references to Joker and Batman. So I feel like you're saying, oh, the Joker origin story should have been this. And I'm saying, yeah, it probably could have been. It, yeah, it may well should have been. But the Joker film wasn't really a Joker origin story. So it's almost like we don't have to have either or. I think we can have both. And the Joker film that we did get was um so different it was it's all, it sits in its in a completely different area it's not really linked at all to the dc universe i think yeah so i suppose if you took away thomas wayne the millionaire philanthropist or billionaire philanthropist or whatever and just replaced him with generic billionaire philanthropist and bruce wayne with billionaire 
philanthropist's son, then this could just be like some rejected script from a taxi driver ripoff that's had to to Joker's name slapped on it. You know, it just doesn't seem like there's anything. I I know. Okay, yeah, you're being edgy, you're being different, you're being alternative, but the same thing. You know, they're comic books for a reason. They're comic book characters for a reason. If you're not going to go into the depth and the lore and whatever, uh, and just go down this whatever rubbish thing that that guy come up with. It, it, it just could be anything. So why slap the Joker's name on it? And I don't think anyone would have watched that film or many people would have watched that film. It would have just been an obscure thing sat on Netflix that some people might think, oh, that's intellectually stimulating, uh, but yeah. wouldn't actually enjoy. I mean, I, I, we've got a whole episode of me ripping into the Joker film. Um, but I think the, the main crux of why I didn't like the Joker film compared to this is because Joker's point in this, this graphic novel is like all it takes is one bad day, like you said earlier. One bad day will set you over the edge. Whereas... Okay, the guy is a bit of a sap in in the graphic novel. You know, he he kind of gave up a good job to be a comedian, but he's still got a wife that loves him and puts up with his nonsense. Um, you know, but and so even though he's a bit of a depressing sob, he's still got stuff going for him. Uh, whereas you know, Hawkins Joker basically suffered child abuse, living in a depressing relationship, everyone hates him, got no one that loves him, la 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 la. Um, so he's basically had a lifetime of pain before he becomes the Joker, uh, which kind of then takes away from this whole idea that something will make you snap. You know, okay, he got attacked by people singing, singing, sending the clowns on a train. That's what made him shoot people. But then I suppose if you've been abused by the system your whole life and your meds aren't working anymore, of course you're going to shoot people on a train. It's not really like that far of a, you know, a, a leap. Whereas a guy whose wife just gets killed by a baby machine, strangely, um, yeah. and then gets forced to carry on with a crime, even though he's got no reason to do it anymore. Yeah, that's that's what I'd call a bad day. And then he gets attacked by Batman and his face melts off. Uh, you know, that would be a bad day that would drive someone a bit mad. Um, so, you know, that's where the, the genius of this graphic novel is, the fact that, you know, he was a quite an average Joe, a bit of a, a, bit of a schmuck. Uh, a lot of bad experiences happened to him within a short period of time, and then suddenly he went mad because, you know, why not? Um, and that's that's the value of this thing. So I think that's where it goes. That's what yeah. sells it. And then that's the yeah, story. Right, yeah. It's yeah. yeah it's it, it kind of contradicts. Yeah, the Joker film contradicts this Joker uh, completely. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. He's he's had a build up over his entire life. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Um, yeah. So yeah, it does contradict the the line about just a single bad day. Um, just go back to your point about you know it was just added. It could have been any film. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have seen this film if it wasn't a Joker film. Exactly. Uh, um, and, so yeah. And, but also, if it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't a Joker film and you'd watched it and had to suffer through it, would you <laughs> have enjoyed it as much? Yeah. No. Probably not. Probably exactly. not. Exactly. It's just they slapped him in a purple, or not even purple. It's like a velour. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, whatever the hell colour it is, slap him in that suit, stick some Joker paint on him. Oh, it's Joker, ha, ha, ha. You know, <laughs> we've got a perfectly good origin story sitting on the page. And even if they didn't take this like for like, but, you know, there's lots of things, ace chemicals, you know, why they want... Uh, the other thing about this graphic novel, though, that's a bit weird, is why did they want to rob, rob a playing card factory? Like, I know this <laughs> is Batman, and it's all a bit cartoony, but that's a bit weird. I mean, Well, maybe... there was a lot of weird things in that, um, in that, flashback story and this is kind of i mean i i think my interpretation of it is that it didn't really happen um i think 
he said at one point, um, oh, you know, did it happen this way? I'm not sure. Maybe I prefer for it to be multiple choice And at that point. And also the, the scene where the policemen appear and say, oh, you're sorry, man, but your wife's dead. <laughs> that was it wouldn't happen in that that way that is that is the way that it would happen if you were kind of like making it up or just remembering it not quite correct you'd say oh yeah and then they turned up and said that really offhand um and yeah the fact it was a playing card factory no he's just taken that to feed into his joker persona um yeah for for me it was all just and I think also there was a scene where she grinned at him. She said, oh, don't worry. It's OK. You make me laugh and you're really good in bed. That, that was just a. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, that was very simplistic. Well, for me, once he said that, I kind of thought back on all the flashbacks. And I thought, hold on. Yeah, this these flashbacks actually read like someone who is just sort of half remembering things or misremembering things and conflating different events. So maybe there's an element of truth in some of it, but I don't think. My interpretation is that it's only it's only a kernel of truth. It's not it's it's a lot of it is um extrapolated from what did or didn't happen to him to make him that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also I mean, I, I, I totally get that. And I think you can't take all of it as gospel because, you know, it's a crazy person saying it. I mean, one thing's like, did you know, it's, uh, there's for some reason, lots of it's grayscale about from certain orange bits, which I don't understand why. And then okay, typically. I didn't, I didn't, particularly notice that but yeah yeah but typically i mean maybe you didn't get the coloring that i've got in this version but then like certain bits like a lot of it's shellfish for some bizarre reason there's obsession with shellfish um yeah and it's just a bit strange like why they'd focus on that like what are they trying to tell us and there's a bit where um he i think when he finds out his wife's dead or something behind he's like sobbing at the bar and behind him you've got two really creepy people it's like a jubby woman and a really thin yes. guy with a hat on and it's just like they look quite surreal they look like the people from the fun fair and it's just like well hold on a minute maybe this is i don't know like yeah, yeah this is just happening in his mind or something like that um, well for one thing yeah that kind of goes back to what i was saying about how scenes fade into each other because in the next scene i think is uh jim gordon uh being beaten up by the little dwarfs um who are kind of grinning over his shoulder but yeah you're right um that i do remember that exact uh box you're talking about and yeah i i, I stopped and looked at that for a little while as well. i was thinking why are they what what are they actually doing are they literally just laughing at a person who's sitting there in emotional distress um it did seem a bit or are they in on the gang or something i don't know yeah. but yeah it, it, there's no rational explanation of why to people would watch and laugh at him so yeah i think that's more evidence of the fact that it's possibly not exactly i mean it is gotham to be fair well, um yeah yeah but i would i don't know i mean i mentioned uh, like to you when we last met up and whatever and the reason i suggested this was because the free jokers um comic series is out on the moment which is kind of jeff john's ode to this and in that it's all going back to something that happened to Justice League like many years ago when he was writing it, where Batman gets the Morbius chair and he gets the power of sight and he can find answer any question in the, in the galaxy or whatever. And uh, he asks, who's the Joker? And the Morbius chair says, um, there's three of them. Um, so then ever since that, he's been trying to solve this question of what do you mean there's three Jokers? So this graphic novel allegedly is going to, well, these three comics is allegedly going to fix that. Um, yeah. So I've read, read the first issue. The second issue is out today. I haven't read it yet. Um, but it's basically implying that there's not one Joker, there's three Jokers. And when you look at the behaviours of different Jokers across the lifetime of Batman, you'll notice they behave differently. Like, you know, you've got the super psychotic one, you've got the more camp cartoony one, 
and some other one. And the idea is like a genius one, maybe. Yeah, and the, the first Joker recruits the next Joker recruits the next Joker is what I was getting from it from the first issue. Uh, and what I was thinking of this is maybe this whole flashback story isn't actually his origin story. It's what he did to some other schmuck to convince him to be the Joker. You know, it's kind of like uh, so this could be a way that he recruited the next Joker or something like that. Um, so you know, it. I but he still it. exists. Yeah. So there's more. Right. Okay. So there's more than one at one time. Right. Okay. Uh, which is what they're saying. So in this graphic novel, which you know, I won't spoil it, but you know, it, it, well, if it's can, you know, if it's canon, it'd be really crazy. But like, there's actually more than one act operating at the same time, and Batman, uh, Batgirl, and Red Hood all go out to try and stop them because they've all got their various reasons for hating the Joker, and they touch upon the fact that Batgirl was crippled by him, Red Hood was beaten to death with him by him, and stuff like that. So you know, it's quite. It's is the Red Hood in the wider continuity? Is he um another villain, isn't he? No, he's a vigilante that's part of the Bat family, but a loose relation. Oh. And he's right. um uh, what's his name? The one that got beaten to death with a crowbar and it then blown up. Jason uh, Todd. That's it. That's it. Jason Todd. Um, spoilers, but you know he has been around for a while. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's one of those, you know, like they say, uh, no one's going to come back, you know, like uh, about Bucky. Bucky never comes back. I think the same was with Jason Todd until they eventually brought him back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, well, yeah, so it turns out Joker it's, didn't. It's it. I hope everyone's plates. Well, uh, yeah, don't spoil it for me. I've not played that, watched that one yet. Uh, right, okay. I've not played that one yet, but I know what's going to have you were going to say, but I don't want to. OK, I, I don't, <laughs> don't want to hear it, man. I don't want to hear it. Uh, Cool. So yeah. So anyway, that's my rant done. Cool. Um, I think let's, let's talk briefly about um, kind of like the uh, this. So I think I I mentioned about how Barbara Gordon getting paralysed and becoming Oracle and stuff is um is uh woven into canon now. It's you know it's one of the most it's probably one of the more famous events in DC Comics. I would say. Yeah. Um, now historically, you know, I think they've said that it's, it's widely accepted that certainly in the Marvel universe um, po- comics became more mature with the death of Gwen Stacy. Oh, right. that, that's considered to mark the move from the silver age into the modern age as such. That's when things became more gritty. Um, I wonder if the same can possibly be said for either, you know, Barbara Gordon becoming paralyzed or maybe, um, maybe the death of Robin, death of Dick Grayson. Was that, not Dick Grayson, uh, Jason, Jason Todd. Todd yeah. Was that was that maybe DC's equivalent? Um, and if so, is if if this is DC's equivalent version of the death of Gwen Stacy, the paralyzation of Barbara Gordon—is that a word? I don't know. <laughs> um, the the par- paralysis of Barbara Gordon. There you go. Is that DC's Temporary. equivalent? And is um, it's interesting that DC's version comes outside of mainstream continuity, but then it gets adopted into it. Uh, there, there's not really a question in there I've just kind of said lots of words <laughs> continuity thingy blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I kind of get what you're saying um, but yeah I, I suppose yeah this was intentionally made to be a quite a dark thing um, and then yeah they probably was like well actually people responded really well to that let's bring it in to continuity and see how it goes yeah um, yeah but like the death of Jason Todd was a phone in did you know that one um, so basically, no. they did a phone in and basically let the fans decide whether to kill him or not. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, 
and they phoned to Ken. Yeah, screw Robin. Because <laughs> yeah. I think the problem was he was like a little hood rat. Because I was a, I bought like a a bunch of old Batman comics digitally somehow through some medium, and uh, I managed to read like the Jason Todd bit. I just accidentally found myself at that point, and I think Robin Batman tells Robin, oh, "I don't need a Robin anymore. Go off and live your life." And then literally a week later, he finds some kid trying to jack the Batmobile's tires. And within a week after that, he'd adopted him and made him his ward. And whereas Robin was basically behaved himself, Jason Todd was always like, you know, saying no and arguing and stuff like that, which is why he ended up getting killed. But I think he was basically the rebellious one. Um, right. But then. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Todd was certainly always more. That way. He, yeah. he was someone who always argued with um, Batman more. Yeah. But then there's a, a guy called Tim Drake when, you know, yeah. Jason, Jason Todd dies. And then he's like, no, no, I don't, I don't want any more awards. Don't want any more awards. And then Tim Drake turns up. He's like, I worked out your Batman and uh-huh. I want to be trained to be your next Robin. OK, I'll take you on. Uh, yeah. But, but, only, but only if your parents are OK with you being my Robin. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, for God's sake. I, I, but I didn't get any further than that. But it just seemed like they just it was a revolving door of Robins for a period. Yeah. Um, and well, I if if uh, Tim Drake is the first one with any actual parents, because of course Dick Grayson was an orphan, wasn't he? And if I'm guessing if Jason Todd was maybe a hood rat living on the streets or something. Um, yeah. So yeah, Drake being the first one with any actual parents to actually check in with. <laughs> but I think they implied that his parents are wealthy socialites that travel. Um, yeah. But I didn't get as far as finding out many more about them. But for all I know, they were dodgy as well. Or they didn't exist, or they're going to get murdered by someone. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's bound to happen. It's a comic. Um, but I don't know was if you he- ever... The film. What was the name of the Robin from um, Batman: The Dark Knight Returns? The female one. Uh, I can't think of her name. Anyway, she was my favourite. Should have been Maisie Williams. Or um. Oh yeah. Or what's the name? The other one. Uh, the one who played the girlfriend in Nolly Darko. Anyway, that's a massive. That's a massive uh, <laughs> uh, tangent. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you've you've obviously casted that in your brain. Um, <laughs> But no, because I think I don't know if you've you'd never watched Titans, have you? Um, no. and, and I don't blame you. Yeah. Um, so it was on DC Universe or whatever, and Netflix was showing it over here. But on yeah. there, at certain point, like Dick's, like you know, I, F Batman, like you've seen in the trailers and whatever. I don't want to be part of Batman anymore. Yeah. And so he's off about like living the world but still dressing up as Robin to fight crime occasionally, but in Chicago and various other places. And at a certain point, he gets stuck in a situation where he can't get out of. And suddenly, uh, Jason Todd's Robin turns up and saves him. And uh, having made... Is this this him being Nightwing, though? Is he Nightwing in... No, not yet. Not in season one. I I think he might become Nightwing in season two, but I've not got that far yet because it's so painful. Um, (laughs) but, But to be fair, after having read the comics of Jason Todd... And then watching the thing about Jason Todd, he's actually done really well in in the show. Like he's literally unhinged. Like the reason uh, he comes to find Robin is I think Batman's had a go at him because he basically hunt down, hunted down the person that killed his parents. No, no, I don't know. That was Dick. But anyway, there's a certain point where they're on the run from cops and it's in like this warehouse thing as usual. And Jason just, Todd just goes around and basically butchers them. He breaks their back, he breaks their limbs, he shoots them and stuff like that. And at the end, and Robin's like, what the hell did you do? And he's like, well, I've been beaten up by the police all my life. You know, they deserve to be taken down a peg or two. And Robin's <laughs> like, well, that's not really the way to do it. And so you can just see that this kid is unhinged. Um, yeah. So it's got quite well done, really. 
Um, so I think he's the saving grace of an otherwise terrible series is that character and the actor playing him. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's worth it just for him. And also they've introduced uh, Connor Kent, Superboy, the, the clone of Superman. Yeah. And he, he's done no, quite no, well. Uh, and Crypto the Wonder Dog. Um, but anyway, uh, so they should tile that in with the Arrowverse and uh, save it that way. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, you'd save the Arrowverse if you introduced those. I think during Crisis, there was a cutaway to like the um, Titans universe where they were all looking up at the sky burning. Um, but other than, yeah, I think so. But um, yeah, anyway, that was a little aside. Um, I've got the um, I've got the death of Robin, the death of um, sorry, a death in the family, a uh, comic book, graphic novel collection, trade paperback, whatever you want to call it. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's quite good. But yeah, it's kind of very much the old art style. Um, Did you, so you've read that one as well? Yeah, I've not read it for some time though, so I can't. Yeah. I couldn't really, I couldn't really hold hold forth on it but at this stage. It, it's all to do with him him going to find his mum in Africa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is weird. And he get blown up. No, he gets beaten to death with a crowbar in Africa, then blown up. Because why not? Um, but yeah, I saw online that in um, you know the animated series has been continued in the comic book form. I don't I know, if you know that. Uh, but in in the comic book version of that event, Harley Quinn's there, and she manages to stop Joker from beating him to death, um, and goes to get Batman to stop him. So, you know, the, the article I was reading basically said, well, it's good that Harley Quinn has such a hold over Joker. Um, Jason Todd still dies, but um, she postpones the inevitable. Um, See, I don't know. They're kind of trying to paint Harley. They're, they're obviously trying to move Harley Quinn more into that kind of anti-hero, kind of almost more like a Catwoman character, aren't they? Um, yeah, which is kind of, I mean, I think she needs to be her own person. She doesn't want to be Mr. J's whatever anymore. But then at the same time... Still be a villain, though. Yeah. Or, I mean, I suppose, but then Poison Ivy's been turned into a bit of a, you know, she's a villain, but then she's also complex and she's trying to save the environment and it's a potential love interest to Batman and all that jazz. Um, so, yeah, I suppose eventually all of the female characters in the Batman world turn around and become goodies. Um, I mean, is there any female villains? I mean, Talia al Ghul, she's with, he's been with. Um, yeah, what else? Firefly, no, not Firefly. The flamethrower one from Gotham. I think probably not her. She's probably still evil. Um, but other than that, oh. Anyway, where are we going? Uh, I think. Do we have interpretation of the ending as another one of our lists? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think for me, this is one of those classic questions, isn't it? You know, did Batman kill Joker at the end or not? I think it, it, so it finishes off with them laughing at this silly joke he's told. And uh, then suddenly the Joker's laughter just stops and Batman lifts, it, lifts him off the ground. and uh, Or takes him away or throws him off a bridge or whatever, we don't know. Uh, so the question is, did Batman kill him or not? Um, I think... I th- now I think I vaguely remember someone going to Alan Moore and saying, "Oh, did you kill him?" And I think Alan Moore said, "Yeah, he did." Um, but really? I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I vaguely remember. So maybe it was just made up. I'm not sure. But um, in terms of uh, do I think he did? I don't think he did. I think Batman. I think when Jim Gordon made such a thing about, "I'll oh, bring him in by the book." 
I think that Batman would have stuck to that, especially given Jim had shown that it's possible to, you know, even after having a single bad day, Jim Gordon has basically completely disproved the Joker's philosophy in this comic book. And given that, I think Batman would stick to what Jim says, which is bring him in by the book. Batman wouldn't lose his own mind in anger or rage or whatever. Um, and yeah, I, th- I don't think he did kill him. That's my interpretation anyway. It's basically, it's all about Jim Gordon's disproved the Joker and therefore Batman is not going to have a bad day and go insane and kill Joker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, like I, I don't see where the ambiguity is. I mean, you know, Joker tells a bad joke, which is about two two insane guys and, you know, they don't realise they're insane, basically. And so Batman eventually cracks a smile and laughs along with him. And I think that was just a culmination of this thing where, like, you know, this whole comic has been about exploring their relationship and the fact that they're two two crazy people that are caught in this eternal battle. Um, And, yeah, they're just laughing about it. So, you know, I don't see where the ambiguity is. I don't think it's stopping because you can still see the ha-ha-has everywhere. You can see hear the sirens coming in. And then, like, you know, you said about this whole symmetry thing. The final panel is the rain hitting the pavement. And if you go back to the first panel in the whole book, that's the rain hitting the pavement. So it's basically just... Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically just, and maybe it's cyclical because it's basically like ha 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 ha, and then he's back at Arkham again. And so, <laughs> so it's like this whole little self-contained story. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I totally agree with the fact that if Jim can suffer all that, you know, his daughter's been paralysed. Although no one told him that, so maybe if he'd known that, he might have been a bit more whatever. Um, although I think Joe, Joker alluded to it in the room, and it's quite yeah, common, obviously. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, if he could let the Joker off, then what? Who's Batman to sort of then decide? No, I'm going to kill him. Um, and also that was his one rule I don't kill unless I'm Baffleck um, <laughs> yeah. yeah although on other Batman news sorry um, I've been reading online that they've they've got Michael Keaton to be in a new Flash movie they've got Baffleck to be in a new Flash movie and potentially they're approaching Christian Bale to be in a new Baff, uh, Flash movie um, to reprise his Batman role um, so he's basically it's, said, it's, well, <laughs> it's basically they're basically just going to uh have everyone in there <laughs> yeah a hell of a lot of batmans but i think he said he'd only do it if christopher nolan was okay with it because he didn't want to sort of cheapen what they'd done um but i don't see why they wouldn't i mean it sounds like a great idea um you know it's just it's just i mean the thing is i think i heard the, i heard they're trying to get val kilmer and george clooney in as well but i don't think anyone wants to see those two as batman again no i think i i read that those two want to be in it but i think you know to be fair no one cares about them yeah. you know um, but yeah, I think it'll be quite interesting. I think if they put too many in it, will they be able to give them the time that they need? You know, like the whole um, Arabus crossover, the sort of crisis on Infinite Earths. I don't think they, like, they didn't get enough screen time for all of the characters in there. So let alone if they've only got two hours for a Flash movie that happens to have four Batman in it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, I mean, maybe they're going to bring in bloody um, Edward Cullen's Batman or whatever his name is. <laughs> Our pets. Our pets, yeah. Oh, oh, no, that's not. We don't need that. They should. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about his film. I think that's going to be really good. Yeah, I mean the trailer looks great. I mean, I, yeah. To be fair, I don't know why I'm being negative. I mean, it's it's going to be good. But I just think we don't need too many Batman's in this movie, like the earlier Flash movie, because um, yeah. it's obviously meant to be about the Flash. I think they were going to do like a cyborg. Like Cyborg is going to be in it somewhere, but then I think he's been winding up the DC executives by saying how abusive, um, what's his face, the Buffy guy was on the set of Justice League. 
Yeah. Oh, sorry, another random, and then we'll we'll close. Um, I've I've heard that because they've shot Green Lantern scenes for the Snyder Cut, and originally uh, they just shot the Batman side, and they were going to get someone to be Green Lantern afterwards. Um, yeah. But they're looking to try and get Ryan Reynolds in to be the Green Lantern for um, the Snyder Cut, um, which I think would be quite quite good. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's quite a coup if they can manage to get him in as well. To be honest, um, yeah, that'd be I mean, impressive. Yeah, he's. I mean, the thing is, he's he's in terms of superheroes, he's now he's now Deadpool. He's not he's not Green Lantern. He's more indelibly linked with Deadpool now. But yeah, I mean, I think there's no reason why he can't be both. Obviously, I mean, obviously they're separate universes anyway. But yeah. yeah, and to be fair, I mean, the the sort of continuity of the DC universe is in flux anyway. So the fact that there's yeah. Justice League, then the Snyder Cut Justice League, you know, just throwing him in there is not going to change anything. I mean, if they get Supergirl in there, which I think they were alluded to in one, in one of the trailers originally, that'd be quite cool as well. I don't know who would play that. Um, but yeah, and also Arrowverse news, they're cancelling Supergirl after this season. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just going to be Flash and uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Still standing. And, and Batwoman and Black Arrow, oh, Black Rat, Lightning, know. whatever. Yeah. Batwoman surely can't last too much longer with um having to recast and everything. You'd yeah. I mean, hopefully not, because uh, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, any, anywho, I don't know if we've exhausted our uh, conversation. I mean, how did you find doing a comic one? I mean, should yeah, we do... I really liked it. I think we should definitely do some more. Be well yeah. up for some more comic, comic type ones. Or um, not... yeah, yeah, this was a good one. I think obviously this was a classic to start off with. Um, but yeah, it's all included in the Geek Bytes continuity. You know, it's still a, uh, it's still the same strand. Uh, we're not gonna have to do a uh, flashpoint or anything to uh, bring. <laughs> back into line don't worry about that yeah um, we'll have a cameo yeah. we'll have a cameo from sook um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he'll be like it'll be like a what do you call it michael keaton's batman um but, <laughs> yeah no, i think yeah but if anyone wants us to review a particular graphic novel or a comic or film or whatever um hit us on the interwebs or via whatsapp because if you're one of our four fans or something um numbers <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, let us know and we'll we'll focus on that because yeah, it's been quite fun and I think it, yeah, it just makes it different doing a comic. Yeah, definitely. Cool. All right. Well, um, until uh, I think we've got through this episode without uh, killing each other. Who's to say we won't um do it further down the line? Our futures are indelibly linked, no doubt. Um, and it's all very cyclical. So I'll see I'll see you in another two weeks, Stu, uh, for the next um whether whether it's going to be raining now and it'll be raining then I don't know, but uh, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so and we'll see the rest of you all uh, next time on the next episode of Geek Bites. I can't think of anything funny this time. <laughs> That's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there must be a joke that we could do. Uh, <laughs> hey, Mr. J, what about me? Oh, that's a good one. Hold on. I'll, I'll, you, you can do it this time. Okay. Hey, Mr. J, what about me? Harley, get back in your box. <laughs> Baseball bat to the face. <laughs> nah, she's uh, she's the superstar now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, Mr. J. See you later. <laughs> See you later, Mr. J. Well, I think I've not got a bad impression. Yeah. See you later, Mr. J. That's a good one. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> I'll just leave all that in uncut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, it's just like one of those uh, old CDs where they just used to let it run and it'd be the random gibberish at the end. Like, yeah. This is it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it gives, gives an insight into how uh, unplanned all these are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. But yeah, I mean, the, just... 